0: Welcome to the
1: Last Doctoras podcast. I am Dr. Christina Rose. Pronouns she her. I am Dr. Renee Limas. Pronouns she her. In this podcast, we make space for important conversations about the social issues that affect our lives and the lives of other marginalized people. We talk with thinkers, scholars, mothers, writers, and other visionaries invested in taking a hard look at the oppressive social dynamics of the world and doing the work of dismantling all structures of power.
0: We are grounded in a connection to ancestral wisdom, academic research, and lived experience. While we sit together and share our insights, ponder ideas about how to heal from the generational trauma of white and male supremacy.
1: Join us on our journey, not toward perfection, but into reflection of the multidimensional and complex experience of humanity, attempting to survive and thrive within the oppressive power systems we live in. All while we sit at our kitchen tables, sipping on some tequila, hoping to change the world. Hello, welcome to episode 21 of Las Doctoras podcast. Uh, Before we get into our interview for this episode, I wanted to give you all an update on what we've been doing. Um, We are currently in the middle of, uh, you know, quarantine, um, you know, still dealing with COVID-19. As of today, um, some restrictions are being lifted, um, but, you know, for the most part, uh, we're still being asked to... To stay at home. So um, during this time, uh, we as Las Doctoras have started a book club (laughs) since our last episode. It's been going really well. We're currently um, in our second month of the book club. Uh, The first month we read Women Who Glow in the Dark, Woman Who Glows in the Dark um, by Elena Avila. Uh, We're currently reading. Um, the Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor, and we're about to announce our book selection, or we just actually announced our book selection for the month of June, which is going to be You Were Born for This, Astrology for Radical Self-Acceptance by Chani Nicholas. Chani um, is our absolutely absolute favorite astrologer, so we're really excited to be diving into her book. Um If you would like to join our book club, you can go to our website, lasdoctoras.net slash book club, and you can read about our June um, selection and join our mailing list to find out how you can um, join in on the conversations. We're doing weekly Zoom meetings. They're almost booked as of the time that I'm recording this, Um, but you can also join our private Facebook group where we are continuing the conversations about these books that we've been reading. We also want to let you know that we have created a page Patreon account, where you can make a monthly donation or a monthly contribution to our work for as little as a dollar a month. Um, uh, you know, the money is going towards essentially paying for a lot of the different, uh, websites and, um, tech that we have to keep up with. So it's really just allowing us to, um, to not have to pay those things out of pocket and just creating sustainability for a lot of the labor and work and fees that it requires to keep up the podcast, to um, keep up this, this book club that we've now offering. And also it gives us freedom to create new offerings um, Hope that you know, we'll hope to bring you in the future. So I did want to take a moment to shout out some of our patrons on Patreon, including Rosa Shetty and... Um, Jane Alice, and Gabby Arvisu. Um, if you want to uh, make a contribution, you can go to patreon.com slash Doctoras to do so. Um, so getting to our episode in this episode, we um, are continuing our conversation about potty politics. We are going to be doing this episode and another few uh, covering this topic. Um, here, we are interviewing Amanda Salceda. She is a dietitian, and our conversation really sort of stems from this critique of toxic diet culture that often has us in this um, in this sort of vicious cycle of dieting and you know, kind of having this toxic relationship with food and, and diet and whatnot. And she um, is a dietitian that really comes from more of what she refers to um, and was referred to a lot as um, mindful and intuitive eating. And she sort of gets into the nitty gritty of what that is and what it means and how that can hopefully have us in a much more um, a holistic and positive relationship with Food with our bodies, um, with nutrition, and so on and so forth. So this is a pretty lengthy episode, um, but there's there's a lot of a lot of good stuff that Amanda has to share with us. So um, yeah, here's the episode. Hello, ching, ching,
0: ching. <laughs> welcome
1: to Las Doctoras podcast,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and.
0: For our topic today, we have something that we've been thinking about for quite a bit of time, maybe our whole lives, actually.
1: Yeah. Um, So, but we want to kind of discuss that topic with our guest, Amanda Sauceda. Hi. Hi. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. So let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself, your name, where your ancestors are from, and whatever else you want to share with us.
2: Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> i'm amanda um i'm a registered dietitian nutritionist and my ancestors so i'm native to southern california and so are my parents so I and, I and i always tell people like i can never imagine living i just love california so much
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: me too <laughs> and, um, um my grandparents actually i know people can't see but like you guys can see in the background mm-hmm. those are actually um some pictures of my
0: grandparents i see them and some yeah. and a, and a Ancestral dog, too, I think. Is there oh, very. I love
2: <laughs> yeah, it. Right? So that, that dog is, like, slaying on the bed behind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those pictures, um, one picture is actually of my, my dad's mother, who and they're in front of their house. I think that was back when they were in Mexico. I'm not quite sure, actually. Um, and so my grandmother on my dad's side was born in Mexico, and her husband was actually born in Long Beach. Oh crazy enough wow and, yeah my mom's grandma was born in Texas and so there's some history there with Texas and some Native American kind of lineage mm. which is interesting is my my mom's mom so my grandmother didn't really have a relationship with her dad so there's still like some there's like a whole line of family and lineage that I'm not even quite sure of mm-hmm. And uh, her husband was born, oh my God, in Compton? I can't remember. Mm. Um, so that's kind of, it, it kind of interesting just to see. So I, I keep those pictures there over mm-hmm. my, for me. So yeah, that's a little bit about my ancestry and me. Awesome. We resonate with that.
0: There's a lot of- Yeah, um, that's, that's a very
1: common theme. Transnational
0: yeah. relationships. Yeah, my
1: family's from Texas too. And yeah, there's definitely a point where i have a like a great grandmother that she was like a like an orphan and so there's not any clarity around like where she's from really or you know her ancestry yeah. so yeah. it's a, it's a very very common theme um mm-hmm. cool
0: you also mentioned something before we recorded where you're teaching at and oh yeah also like you're like your hashtag, you know, your brand. Yeah.
2: Is that it? Yeah. So um, I'm on Instagram. That's where I'm like most active. I'm guthealth.nutritionist. So I focus a lot on gut health and it's just, I, it was kind of, and we can probably talk about, touch on it an, and I don't know, maybe another question, but like how I kind of came to gut health. It wasn't the first thing, like, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, um, it was kind of a natural progression on how I got to working with gut health. So I, I love have your Instagram, by the way, <laughs> I, I, it's,
1: so like smart.
2: it's so, so smart sweet. and funny and <laughs> sweet. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. It's, Oh my God. That's a whole other job in and of itself. For mm-hmm. sure.
1: For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I have a private practice, so I do virtual work and I also have a office in long beach, um, where I see clients one-on-one for their nutrition, focusing in on gut health. So mostly people who have digestive issues. So I always say it's like the not so sexy things like (laughs) floating and and gas. And I always show pictures of like little cartoon pictures of poop because it poop tells us, Oh my god, sorry, I'm taking it way too far. But like No (laughs) That's where (laughs) we take it all the time. (laughs) It's so natural for me to talk about these things. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important we talk about these things because oftentimes we don't, you know, we were kind of raised like this is your private like information or whatever, but um, when you have problems with your gut, when you have like irritable bowel or sensitive stomach, it will literally interfere. It can literally interfere with all these other areas of your life. And so I literally became a dietitian because I love to eat. Like I love food. That's always been my driving force about why I do what I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when you have gut problems, you don't often love food. And so mm. that is helping trying to help people rediscover their love for food again
0: so free i love food i want to just yes i want to be able to eat
1: food yeah yeah Yeah. and then
0: i i resonate you know i I definitely there's sometimes i'm like why am i feeling this way i was like oh i haven't pooped yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's part of it i know it yeah what classes do you teach at long beach
2: yeah so i also teach at cal state long beach um i'm a full-time lecturer (laughs) there and i teach introductory nutrition so actually, I, which I really like, I don't think I'd like teaching the higher level classes because <laughs> I, I really love seeing like those light bulb moments for people when they mm-hmm. start to make the Cause a lot of people take nutrition, quite honestly, to get out of taking bio or not. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm just going to take this easy nutrition class. And I'm like, Hey guys, this is a science.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, not only is it a science, but it's like, I mean, I think everybody should take a nutrition class. It's for sure. Really, so that's why I love teaching 132, the intro class, because everyone starts to make connections. You know, between oh yeah, this is you know my my parents have diabetes. We just talked about carbohydrates this week, so we touched on. Oh my on god, blood sugar we should have diabetes. taken
0: this class in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this should be like
2: economics 101. You know, yeah, now, like something this like that. And a Cooking class, I think, and like how to do your taxes <laughs> should all be. Oh my god, <laughs> should all be required learning.
1: Yes, how to do your taxes, how to how to. Burn budget
2: body literacy sex ed yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm, i try to touch on that actually a little bit in um our pregnancy chapter Mm. but i'm still trying to figure out how to weave that in yeah yeah but you sound busy you're a (laughs) full-time lecturer you have your own practice
0: and you have instagram um (laughs) that's that's a lot you've got on your plate and no. I, I think what you're sharing in all those spaces is a gift. I'm so grateful. Yeah. yeah definitely grateful to have you here on my podcast, too. I know.
1: Yes. So why don't you talk a little bit about your journey and what brought you to this work? You know, um, I always I always kind of put it into context of, like, you know, when you're a little, you know, in your kindergarten, they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, did any of us say <laughs> – this is what we wanted to be doing. I was like astronaut. And yeah, you know, it's so, so it's like, how do we go from that to here we are, you know, today? It's always an interesting story.
2: Yeah, definitely did not, you know, see myself. I didn't think I even knew what a dietitian was, you know, when we're all <laughs> in like our kindergarten for 10 days. But um, funny enough, a fun fact is I actually knew I wanted to be a dietitian since high school, which is kind of weird um, in junior year of high school, I felt such an immense pressure to figure out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Cause it <laughs> which is like, you're in high school, you're, very, you know what I mean? Anyways,
1: I know. Uh, I hear that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah.
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they're prepping you to get ready to apply to colleges in mm-hmm. junior year, and you're like, okay, where, you know, what major do you want to do? Which is essentially asking you what you want to do mm-hmm. forever. Right. Or mm. that's how I thought it was. Yeah. And so, I remember looking through like, I don't even know what I was like, looking through a book or something and I stumbled across a dietitian and I thought, well, this sounds kind of cool. I didn't know this existed and I love food, obviously, and I knew I would never get tired of talking about food, but I didn't <laughs> want to cook. So I was like, X that out. Um, not that I don't enjoy cooking. I just, I, I hate dirty dishes. So I was like, That's okay. <laughs> It's, it's me real. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's, let me look into this dietitian thing. And um, that's when I was Dishes like, I so could bad. get paid to talk about food. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I decided that I wanted mm-hmm. to do this. And then that's how I ended up at Cal State Long Beach. So I actually went to Cal State Long Beach for my undergrad and my graduate um, degrees. And I remember the first day of orientation because we have to do this like orientation day, Mm -hmm. not really like paying attention, just kind of tuned out. And one of the uh, like student people that was leading this orientation was like, oh, I have a friend who's in nutrition and she has to take all of this chemistry. And my head just popped up and I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) chemistry.
0: I mean, are
2: we just talking about food? Like, what does this have anything to do with nutrition? And that was the day I was like, "Oh, did I pick the right career?" Um, And I little did I know, after graduating with my bachelor's, I was just three units away from a minor in chemistry because I what. My God, chemistry is like magic to me. I don't get it at all. I don't, yeah, that, that is that you, amazing. That's a lot yeah. of chemistry. We went all the way up to biochem, um, <gasps> when which was, was like Chem 449. I still remember like the <laughs> you know, the, the class. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was just tons of chemistry, but I, I actually enjoyed it. I, I wouldn't say it didn't come like intuitively to me. There's things I don't remember. <laughs> um, obviously like what is the Krebs cycle and all of that but I did enjoy it and um, that's how I became a dietitian and then this progression into gut health has been really interesting
0: too
2: hmm. so I've had family members who have had their own like digestive issues so that was kind of one piece of it, like seeing people struggle with their own stomach problems.
0: Mm -hmm. I
2: started to have some stomach issues myself where I would have problems like where I had had to like run to the bathroom. There was like some urgency, like, okay, like where's in your bathroom? Mm -hmm. Or I'd um, flip and kind of have the opposite where there might be days where like I didn't poop and that was Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I was never like officially diagnosed with IBS. And what was kind of interesting is I, I mean, this, it's like irritable bowel, irritable bowel syndrome, right? Yeah. That, that yeah. Is, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Irritable bowel syndrome. And what Just was for- it? Yeah. People yeah. don't know. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, And I, I'm sure you guys can speak to this too, is I never thought my problems are big enough to talk about. Hmm. So that was like, coming into gut health was recognizing that my problems, even though they might not be as severe as some of the people that I started to work with, Mm -hmm. were still valid. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm.
2: Still had a place. And so for a long time, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't resonate it, resonate with it myself too much because I Mm -hmm. thought there's people worse than me. So like, who Mm -hmm. am I, who am I to talk about this? Who am I to deal with this? I think the practical application
0: of your, your, you know, your degrees. And what are those? You have a bachelor's and master's in nutrition and...
2: Nutritional science, I think, is like... Oh, so
0: interesting. Yeah. Um, I can see how those would, like, kind of focus your attention. And I think you're right. I think people don't... I remember a family member, like, not talking about it until, like, she's like, I didn't go poop for two weeks. And we're like,
2: what? Whoa. Yeah, it's a long time. I'm glad you're telling us.
0: But that kind of, like... It's not, it's but nothing. I think I think it's
1: you're nothing. right. That's and that's a theme of like kind of downplaying things. Right. Or saying like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not like you said, other people have it worse. And, and, and we do that in a lot of different ways. Mental health. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is, you know, uh, financial
2: right. <laughs> issues mm-hmm. are like, oh, it's mm-hmm. not that bad. And
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah.
2: Yeah. So it was, and that's still like an ongoing thing sometimes is recognizing that my concerns are just as valid and I can still offer people help, even though, Mm -hmm. you know, I might not have been in their shoes, but who's ever in anyone's shoes, you know, Mm -hmm. completely, we all have our own paths and journeys on, on how we got there. So that's, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I can just see your transparency of that in your Instagram, you know, in in the the work Mm -hmm. you're doing. It's just like, I'm transparent. This is what's happening for me. Like, And I think that's the sort of amount of freedom that we give to ourselves and to other people when we just are like, this is what's happening with me, you know? Yeah.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got into like digestive, um, and focusing in. So I have a specialty with working with food sensitivities. So Mm -hmm. I'll do blood testing with people to figure out like what their triggers are for, you know, having to run to the bathroom or having constipation. Mm -hmm. Um, and now it's evolved even more, you know, with, with gut health, my first love in nutrition was, and I know we'll touch on this is mindful and intuitive eating. That was my first love before I even got into digestive. Oh, my goodness. Like, Really, like, tuning back into the body. One of the things that I saw very early on was the futility of diets and dieting and how the cycle of dieting is worse. You know, like, people say, like, oh, that diet worked and I lost the weight. And then, like, I'm going to do it again. Did it work?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. I laugh because – Mm-hmm. It's like nervous laughter like oh shit, yeah. we
0: mm-hmm.
1: We've all been there, right? Or you yeah. know, at least I have. Yeah, like did it did it actually work if yeah. if like you said it's it becomes a cycle.
0: It's yeah. wild that there was no other alternatives. Like thinking of mm-hmm. myself in in high school, junior high, college. Yeah. I feel like diet culture was the only option. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, hey, love food and have a relationship. And it wasn't even referred to mm-hmm. as diet
1: culture. It was just
2: is. This is <gasps> is. Yeah. Is,
1: yeah. is. so let's let's just dive into that yeah. <laughs> let's just talk about because um, I think too we wanted to think about um, what your approach to mm-hmm. this you know to gut health to mm-hmm. nutrition mm-hmm. Um, coming from you know your background and your perspective and, and all of that.
2: Yeah. So what's cool about that is it's kind of evolved, like I was saying, and I started to realize, like combine this mindful with also this gut health and like, how does this work? And recently I was like, okay, this is, this is my method. And so I've, I've kind of developed this method without Mm -hmm. even realizing it. And so I'm calling it, it's like this mindful gut method. It's combining this mindful and intuitive eating, but also (laughs) taking a look at gut health. And I started to really work and define these five pillars to what this means because Mm -hmm. I started to see like gut health isn't just about pooping, which a lot of it is. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) but it's also, like, trusting yourself, you know, that gut instinct, you know, (sighs) listening, listening to your body, and I think that is a huge aspect of gut health, because, like, you know, when you get nervous, and you get butterflies in your stomach, or you know, like, um, you know, I I remember one time, like, walking by myself into, like, a kind of a dark area, like, okay, no, I should not, you know, turn back, or you know, like recognizing that we all have like our own intuition and listening to that and honoring that. So that's a big part of it. So this first pillar of my like method is like trusting your gut, not just trusting your, like the physical aspect, but like the intuition that we all innately have that we can sometimes get very disconnected from as we, you know, get older and whatever you know that's where
1: you know our analysis
0: comes in because as from a feminist you know decolonial lens where we've been you know we've not been taught that we've taught to distrust we've been taught
1: to distrust our body to
0: not know when we're hungry
1: or thirsty or 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 not not even like it's on one hand to be in our body in when we can hate it like when we can critique it (laughs) yeah um but not to be connected to the body to know how to help it, right? Like, so it's, mm-hmm. like, you're in your body when, when there's critique, but you're not in your body mm-hmm.
2: for your own,
1: like, self-awareness, you yeah. know? And, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what's coming up for me is, like, yeah, like, the idea of trusting your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I you know we've talked about yeah like this idea like we're just told to disconnect from from our body and that yeah. eating is just about mm. you know meeting these certain requirements yeah <laughs> yeah you know without really saying like does it actually feel good to mm-hmm. eat those things yeah ooh yeah it's the gut
0: method we both wrote it down yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
2: It, yeah it's it was it 's been an evolving thing um sure. kind of realizing this like trusting your gut, i think is kind of pivotal, like recognizing and listening to the body. The other aspects of it, and I see this so much, and I think we underplay how big of a role it is, is stress. So stress less is this other part that I really try to emphasize. Stress has such a huge, huge impact on like, you know, sometimes people get constipated when they're super stressed or they're running to the bathroom when they're super stressed. But also recognizing that it's not just like the physical aspect, it's also how it stress can play into our choices for choosing food Mm -hmm. you know um, that's part of it too and we all have like our own emotional foods that we reach to so sometimes I'll reach to like a bag of m ms
0: I tell my students if I'm eating hot Cheetos you know I'm really stressed
2: (laughs) out right like you all we all have it um we all have like mine is
1: like fast food Chinese food like Uh, (laughs) like Yeah, I'm in the Panda Express line at school. Yeah, Yeah. it's been a long week.
2: (laughs) Exactly, like we all and and but here's the the beautiful part of that is you recognize that, and I think a lot of us don't recognize that. And and that's like the step one is like this awareness, and I think that's where oh, that cool. trusting that gut comes in.
0: Feels good.
2: Feel like <laughs> that we know that we're at least we know, right? Step. At least <laughs> right? There's so much power in just knowing, because then when you know, you have you you have the confidence to like recognize and see like, this is okay. Mm-hmm. So one of these other the other pillar of of this method that I have is purpose over perfection um it's you know you're speaking our
1: language by the way I just (laughs) want you to know like this is all yeah Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I had no idea these were like these were part of your foundation and honestly I'm just like yes of course they are yeah oh I love it
2: yeah it's um actually you guys are the first people that I'm really kind of saying this out loud so don't
1: say too much so that no like (laughs) you don't want to give it all away
2: (laughs) um it's okay though right because yeah you can deliver it like i can true true (laughs) you're right you're right Mm -hmm. totally yeah so purpose over perfection with this idea that we're not here to um you know be these quote-unquote perfect people eating the quote-unquote perfect diet Mm. and it's interesting when people find out i'm a dietitian like one of two things happens they either start confessing to me like a priest like all their food sins, <laughs> and like, this is what oh I, I ate. Gosh. What do you think? I'm, I'm so bad, or I'm so good. <gasps> I drank this morning. Oh my
1: gosh.
2: They'll like it's start the Catholic
1: back. guilt. It's that yes. guilt. Or There's or they that start like, judging
2: you? guilt, that the other one? or the judging is the oh, other one. Yes. They'll judge me, and oftentimes I'll be eating and they'll start like looking at my plate and I'm like, oh, you eat pizza. Oh,
1: you eat that.
2: Like, oh, I was like, that? what
1: where does the judgment coming from? Yeah. So they're judging you mm-hmm. based on their perception of nutrition or a dietitian yeah. being perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like what must you only eat? You must only eat
2: oh, seeds and yeah. avocados and yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. And and lettuce. lettuce. <laughs> right. <laughs> I must no. It's like it's that standard meal that you see in every magazine. It's the skinless chicken breast with uh-huh. half oh, the bland, flavorless, the broccoli. Effing yeah, lean cuisine. They're yeah. like you should be eating that, right? Oh, yeah. Got oh, got it. Man. So a big part of this is recognizing that we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. It's this. It's your intention behind it. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. I
0: wonder if that's how people see us they're like oh probably they, they confess to us you know their sexist sins or something like that and then they're like expecting us to like be perfect feminists but we're like we're
1: yeah no feminists. we're not yeah, yeah no I mean mm-hmm. just this morning I was like wow I'm failing at doing what I say I do with my kids anyway that's a whole other topic but <laughs> we feel you. We feel you. And I love that you've named that.
0: I love this. It's, there's yeah. so much clarity. I'm like, and, what's your sign? I and know and, what you're and you're right because we yeah. even
1: this season we kind of rewrote our our intro because mm-hmm. we did want to talk acknowledge that for as as um, uh, like decolonial, you know, as resisting the patriarchy we are, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we are not also trying to unlearn centuries of this stuff and we're not going to do it in one generation. We're not going to yeah. do it overnight. So Seriously. we're still going to be perpetuating things that we know are, are wrong, but it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a process of unlearning this behavior. And so yep. it's like,
0: what are your words? A journey from perfection into reflection. reflection.
1: That's <laughs> 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 it's just about like reflect, like, if, like you said, if we can pause and say, mm-hmm oh, I'm eating this because I feel this way, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you can pause and say, oh, well, I just said something that was super problematic, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Or, oh, this judgment that I'm having about somebody is coming Mm -hmm. from this place of whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we can reflect in those moments, that's, like you said, just being aware is a huge step forward.
2: Totally. And totally, I think it's underappreciated that because when you're aware And then, you know, you're making the conscious decision, like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I might feel a certain way after, whether it's positively or negative, but I made that choice and and there's power in that.
1: Yeah. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the difference between, um, it's like when we talk about reproductive justice and we say informed consent, right? Like
0: Mm -hmm. if you
1: know all your choices and you still make certain choices, you more power to you because you understood the full risks and benefits versus not having access to Mm -hmm. the knowledge of those Mm -hmm. choices or just kind of going through things unconsciously and Mm -hmm. then you're not really making informed decisions Mm -hmm. right you're just kind of going through it
0: yeah feminism is
1: about choice
2: it's about yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> do you have another pillar and ready? Um, oh yeah. So my last two pillars and this kind of ties in with the purpose over perfection is eating with intention. So it's that mindful eating piece, tuning back into the body and listening to what it's saying. Um, and then the other piece that I don't think many people talk about and just assume is kitchen confidence. So <gasps> a lot of what I want to do is like building like, okay. Kitchen like, confidence. Kitchen yeah, confidence. That practical piece of, of feeling like comfortable and confident in the kitchen, not just like knowing what foods to eat that make your gut healthy, but also like recognizing, like I said, your gut is more than just like the physical aspect. It's also knowing that food can just be food to make you emotionally happy. And that's cool too.
1: And, that, and, and that's a big piece I think is important that I've been trying to come to terms mm-hmm. with is sometimes I am eating something just for emotional support, but Sometimes in that moment, that is the only emotional support. So the the mm-hmm. alternative would be would to be to kind of send me into a different place. And it's like if yeah. that's my coping mechanism in that moment, yeah. it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. You're yeah no. You're,
0: <laughs> with the things that you have access to, done, right? You have,
1: you know. Right. Yeah. Like I'm. I can't call my therapist.
2: No. <laughs> you like, please talk me. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of the times it's just you, and you have to learn how to navigate it. So
1: I I want to talk about that kitchen confidence and how I think vital that is mm-hmm. because. um, I know in other like nutrition programs, there's always this, um, yeah, like assumption that we just know how to go into the kitchen and do these things. And, and I say, and I know that for me, the kitchen has been, I have, I I have said, I have had to heal my relationship with the kitchen Mm -hmm. because, um, there was, I mean, I grew up in a, in a family where it was the women who were in the kitchen Yeah. And my early feminist young self was Mm -hmm. saying, no, I'm going to reject that. I don't want to be Mm -hmm. the woman that is stuck in the kitchen while the men are out partying. I want to be out partying with them. Mm So I'm not going to, you know, be in the kitchen. And so for a long time, even when I got married, I told my husband, I'm not going to be the domestic, (laughs) you know, like that's just not I'm not going to do it. Um, and yeah, and whole episode, actually. <laughs> for, <us>. and, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> and um and it wasn't until I had kids that I realized now this doesn't say that I don't know how to cook or I don't like it. It's just not like on the top of my list. Yeah. Right. And it's not yeah. something that is like, Oh my God. You know, cause some people do, they love being in the kitchen. I'm like, mm, that's, it, I'll do it, but it's not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I had kids, I was, those dirty dishes, <laughs> we're right now we're looking into my kitchen and it's full of dirty dishes. Okay. <laughs> this
0: is why I love the Buddhist monk thing when they have like one bowl. I'm like, this is. I know that sometimes I try to like, can we just here's your bowl, here's my bowl,
1: (laughs) and let's just get rid of everything else. um, So I'll say that when I when I had kids, I really had to think about. um, I I even had to admit to myself that my problem wasn't anything other than I just despised being in the kitchen, and so Mm -hmm. I had to really think about. um, I actually reframed my feminism to say that my problem wasn't necessarily with being relegated to the kitchen. It was with the ways in which the kitchen is so undervalued, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly in the home. Mm-hmm. So women's work in the kitchen in the home is so undervalued and I didn't want to be undervalued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so be, I, I yeah. had to kind of step into the kitchen and say, I'm going to be here, but this is, this needs to be recognized equally yeah. to yeah. the work that's done outside of the home right so wow. i'm gonna go to work and i'm gonna come home and do th- be the the family cook but that's it's not you know like it deserves value and i'm gonna value it and i'm gonna require everybody else in this family yeah. values it and that was and it was really then about i it took me like a year because when i first moved in here i just was throwing things anywhere Mm -hmm. And it took me a year to realize, like, how do I work in the kitchen? Mm -hmm. So I had to, like, get rid of stuff, rearrange a million stuff. And then it was trial and error for a year. Like, oh, this doesn't work for me. I can't. I'm not going to use this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got rid of all my Tupperware, that mixed-matched tops and (laughs) bottoms. And I was just like, nope, this is not going to work for me. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a a journey of kind of like that, like coming into. um, And then also knowing what my limitations are. Mm-hmm. you know like I'm really good with a recipe I can follow a recipe oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not good at just improvising well, we get along. We a yeah, yeah like I can't like my mom could just go in her, her fridge and like oh just poof, pull something come. together yeah and I'm yeah. like okay how much exactly how much <laughs> but I've I've Forgiven myself. Like I'm okay with that. Yeah. So then I know that, you know, for me, it's like, okay, give me a recipe and I can do that. So like, I've been doing like these meal delivery plans where they, mm-hmm. then you all know, the food and the oh, recipe really? and exactly yeah. everything's portioned out. Yeah. And it just, it, I actually find joy in that. Yeah. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's what has worked for me in, in giving me that confidence. Cause before I was like, fuck, I don't want to cook because I have to make something up and I don't know. And yeah. there's some chicken in there, but what do I do with it? Yes. Yeah. Um, in this way that the work, that kind of work is done for me. So, um, I just really appreciate that that's, Kitchen confidence. that that's central to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I also want to say that, um, and, and I think this is something we're probably going to be getting into in this conversation, but, um, I, we have to acknowledge that nowhere in here are you talking about losing weight. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Nowhere in here is this about, um, yeah. Finding validity, like, mm-hmm. or even you're, I mean, really, you haven't even really talked about nutrition in these pillars. You're talking about more like laying a foundation. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if you want to speak to anything about that.
2: Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of things. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> trying to organize my thoughts in my head. So we'll definitely touch on the way, because I know we, we started to talk a little bit about that before we were start, hit mm-hmm. record. And
0: we'll come back to the generational thing. Yeah. yeah. Radical acts of making beans.
2: You know, <laughs> like um, I think... The thing that always stuck with me is realizing that when we talk about nutrition, and I, and I tell this to my students, I tell them at the end of the semester, I, I could care less what you do. That's not my role. My role as a dietitian is not to change you. My role is to help you bring awareness to how, how much food can impact it. And I think that's the key is I talk about food and the nutrition fits in naturally. We don't eat, like, got to get my vitamin A today, you know, um, I like, got to hit my um, choline, well, maybe when you're pregnant, but, like, <laughs> you know, generally speaking, you don't speak in terms of, like, okay, I, I need to hit more vitamin B, my folate, or things like that. You, you talk, we talk about food, and I think when we emphasize talking about food, um, how food makes us feel, how food like the the role it plays not just physically but also like coming together and like that celebratory role that food also has Mm -hmm. the nutrition falls into place
0: that's what came up for me when you were talking you know I think um when I lived on a farm for a little bit for a year how cool it it was revolution was a vegetable we grew vegetables Uh and um we had a csa Wow, it was a big change for me to go out and harvest like see the food grow yeah and just that was a sense of (laughs) abundance and trust and then come back and we lived together and we cooked with each other Mm -hmm. and I loved that it was like a celebration almost like you Mm -hmm. know every day Mm -hmm. and you're right I wasn't thinking about am I getting all I need because I knew like these vegetables are from the earth they have all those nutrients so I wasn't counting in the same way it was so interesting it was such a different way of navigating food than the one way I grew up in
2: yeah yeah I that's it's it's funny that I came this way um there's definitely some pieces of like diet culture and like counting calories and I realized early on that I had to make it very apparent to people that if they wanted a dietitian to tell them exactly what to do, if they wanted a dietitian to tell mm. them how many calories or macros, um, I'm not for them. They're not going to be happy.
0: Wow. Is that <laughs> the difference between like a doctor and a midwife or something like that? Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know? Yeah. 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 Um, that's so interesting. Even the, the, um the inclination for people to want that. Yeah. Right. To want direction. Whereas you're saying the hard. you're, you're more of like, I'm just here to connect you to your body.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm here to like help facilitate this connection. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't make the connection for you. Uh, I can give you a prescription, a nutrition prescription of calories and things like that, but at the end of the day, am I really serving you? No. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what people want. And, but that's not what I give people because at the end of the day, mm. it's not going to take them very far. It's going to be like that whole, like, did the diet work? Yeah, it did. So I'm going to do it again. Cause I gained weight. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. I mean, it's a hard switch for a lot of people because a lot of people aren't ready. For
0: it's like an empowering approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we do as educators. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I best. tell my students the same thing at the beginning of the semester. Like, my goal is not for you to be go out and be a feminist and go to all the marches. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. about, like, just meeting yourself where you're at, like, mm-hmm. and, and recognizing. I tell them, I think you already know a lot of these things. I'm just yeah. going to give you a language and to be able to articulate pass. that you know and and but I I think we we can come back to talking about where does this come from for people to want to have that Mm -hmm. prescription Mm -hmm. and I mean it's it's telling how normalized Mm -hmm. diet culture is Mm -hmm. right and how normalized it's become to want that prescription yes
2: yeah like I want a food plan I can give you a food plan but like what are you gonna do with it
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's you know okay give it here's a food plan and then all of a sudden like oh i don't like fish or i don't like this this isn't gonna work well then that's that's where i come in and i help you personalize it and that's the difference i think a big a, one of the big differences yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah so if people want to come see me for weight i'm not their person and i was telling you guys like the allure is strong <laughs> <laughs> The allure to want to work in weight loss is strong because that's where the money's at because that's where initially people want to work in, mm-hmm. but I can't do it. <laughs> do you want to talk
1: about like why, what why you feel so strongly that you can't, mm-hmm. I mean, you've kind of been yeah. touching on it, recognizing the, the sort of cycle that it puts us in, but yeah. yeah.
2: It, I think it, it, everyone knows how to lose weight honestly, you don't need a dietitian to tell you how to lose weight. You eventually will, if you restrict enough calories, you'll lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a the problem with the restriction often leads to weight gain <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you're like thrown in that cycle. And so I just, to me, I, and I maybe I'm still like figuring this out about like why I don't work in weight loss. Um, because I think what I want to do is help people with much deeper issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to help people like teach, I, I want to teach you how to fish versus like giving you the fish. And I think that's kind of what weight loss is. And I don't think people need me for weight loss. And, and, and oftentimes if weight loss is their primary concern, and then I would start to dig deeper and they have all these other issues going on. Um, I think weight loss is just like the bandaid and, mm-hmm. and makes them feel it, it does make them feel good emotionally, maybe, you know, because they feel better physically. Um, but at the end of the day are those actions are taking really serving their health for the long run? Um, that's kind of where my head's at. And so I, yeah, yeah, I think this is a good
1: place to, to maybe come back around to like the idea yeah. of gut health, right? because mm-hmm. so theoretically you could lose weight and you still have gut issues right? Like yeah. you could be super, Oh, I lost yeah. all this weight, but you yeah. can't poop <laughs> or you're yeah. running to the bathroom. So yeah. maybe you can talk about like the correlation with gut, gut health and yeah. general health and all of that.
0: A lot of diet culture creates gut
2: inst- problems, Problems, right? Yeah. 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 Um, there was one client that kind of comes to mind or a couple clients kind of have similar, usually when clients come see me they wouldn't mind losing a couple pounds and that's fine. But their primary goal is like, I want to feel better. Like I want to get my Mm -hmm. gut back on track. And that's when I know they're going to be like a really great fit for me. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people like, okay, this is cool. Like I can, you know, restrict if, 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 If somebody wanted to come and like have macros or have their calories counted, but are only eating 10 foods because those are the only foods that agree with them, then we have a bigger problem. It's Mm. like you can always make the numbers work. You can always shift the numbers Mm. to make it work. There's such an emphasis on quantity that we forget about quality. Do you guys remember those little 100-calorie pal- snack pack mm-hmm. things where it was like the Oreos that were like little flat brown discs that had no flavor?
1: It was like 100-calorie It was like hundred snacks, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, there
2: was 100-calorie snacks, and they were supposed to be like these ideal snacks because it was pre-portioned. You knew exactly it was just 100 calories. Um, I can eat a bunch of 100-calorie snacks and still fit my macros, but – Am I getting the nutrients? Am I needing? Am I getting the quality of food that really serves my health for the long run? No, I'm not. And so that's like astronaut food, eating like like sci-fi food or something like that. Yeah, there. I think that's like the, the the whole reason like diet culture is just so pervasive is we get so focused on numbers. But you can always make the numbers work in your favor. There's always ways. I mean, to shift it. But if you don't focus on like expanding your food choices because you're only eating 10 foods, because that's the only foods that make you happy, you have a bigger problem. Yeah. And I think recognizing that is, is it, is an issue on of itself. And that's where I want to help people. So even though I work with food sensitivities, I do a lot of elimination diets based off of this, but the piece of this is I want people to leave me eating more food than they did when they first saw me, despite using mm. an elimination diet. So it's almost like counterintuitive because you're like elimination diet means you're restricting and they are in the beginning, but I go through this whole reintroduction phase so that they can mm. leave me, you know, knowing what foods to eat, knowing what foods make their gut happy, what foods may or may not and how much and how often. And just because you might have an issue with a food doesn't mean you need to restrict it forever so, like, I always give the example, and this is probably a lot about my body, but whatever. I always say this anyways on Instagram. Like, I love bell peppers. I love <laughs> bell pepper. Bell pepper is so yummy to me. But if I were to sit down and eat, like, a big plate of fajitas with, like, tons of bell pepper, like, mentally I'll be happy. But, like, two days later I'll be constipated. <laughs> that will, like, happen to me in my gut. But, like, so I recognize, like, my threshold of how much I can have before, you know, I get any kind of gut issues. So that's what I help to try to work people through is recognizing that, you know, f- all foods might not agree with you, but like learning your tolerance to them,
1: um, mm.
2: kind of going, kind of accepting that. I feel like I kind of
1: went everywhere a little no, bit. No, no, that, that makes sense. Cause I think you're saying, um, recognizing what foods kind of trigger certain reactions yeah. And then, you know, like we kind of said before, making conscious decisions, and it's not to say don't ever eat it. It's to mm-hmm. say, okay, you might have this reaction, and then learning what are the limitations? Like,
2: mm-hmm. I could
1: have a little bit of it and mm-hmm. maybe be okay, right? And kind of exploring mm-hmm. that, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe mm-hmm. I can be okay a little yeah. bit. And then, oh, that's just one bell pepper too much. Yeah, yeah exactly. One <laughs> right? bite or, too many. Yeah, like one to or, you know, um, and so it's at the end of the day, you are still able to enjoy it yeah but also knowing okay this this is how it's going to affect me and yeah. then making choices based on that information i think mm-hmm. that's that's so much more empowering than like you said to say oh just eat within these calories or macros yeah. or whatever yeah um
0: i was also just really impressed and i was like wow do i know what causes something 2 days later <laughs> Like yeah. I'm no, no, I know I don't have that body self awareness. I just that was a great example of kind of getting to know yourself because that is like what digestion is. It's not like the that day or the next yeah. day. Did you, yeah, think like. it's it's longer, right? It's a
2: progression. Totally. Um, and, and that's where I think the power of awareness comes in because Mm -hmm. unless you're, you'll think like, Oh, what did I eat this morning to make my stomach feel this way? And it could have been something you had two days ago. So unless you're aware, um, you wouldn't ever know. And so that's why I'm a really big fan of using a food diary. Mm -hmm. It's like my number one thing. And I tell people I'm not, you're not using the food diary to like track your portions. You're, it with like to stay within like a, a number of prescription you're doing it to gain an awareness of how food is affecting your body today tomorrow the next day and learning and looking for those patterns on on maybe foods like the bell pepper example of like okay yeah. later and you're constipated
1: mm-hmm.
0: you track your food you track your bowel movements yeah like kind of like that and i would imagine oh. to
1: your um stress or- yeah like your stress yes. your emotions yeah even mm-hmm. um you know, imagine like um I know sometimes for me when when I am eating certain things, I'm like, why am I eating this right yeah. now? <laughs> um and I think I imagine those are certain things yes. you would want to track too.
2: Yeah. So I also definitely want them to track how they're feeling, like emotional wise, you know, am I stressed? Um, how they're eating, you know, that's another thing mm. you need to tune into. Am I eating super fast? Cause I was raised when the family who if I didn't eat all the food off my plate. Uh, my brother would eat it, or did you have a parent force you, like, you have to clean your plate because there's some child somewhere who would love your food, you know, if you were told those things, and now you find yourself as an adult always eating everything off your plate, even though you were full, like, 20 bites ago, so these are other things, you know, as you're tracking and tuning back in, it's, it's not just simply, again, that physical piece, but also, like, those mentalities those mentalities those rules those food rules that we were brought up with um, those generational things you know like if my grandma you know living through the depression and like you have to Mm -hmm. use everything because you don't know so it's it's all of those pieces oh god (laughs) so much comes up for me with Mm -hmm. that because I was definitely I think you know
1: when I when I lived with my mom (laughs) yeah it was her she, she was so obsessed with diet culture to the point that um she it, like if if i would eat something mm-hmm. and if she saw me like serving myself more mm. she would make a comment oh mm-hmm. you're going to eat more
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the way I think it disconnected me was that when I moved out of her house, I said, she's not going to be here to yeah. judge me. Yeah. So I'm going to eat as much as I want. <laughs> and so I think it was when I eat, sometimes I recognize I'm not really hungry anymore, uh, but I'm continuing to eat because I still uh, don't feel emotionally yeah, full. Oh God, I'm gonna like.
0: <laughs> well, no. I, I love it. You transition is perfectly into a, this like this kind of deeper place that we wanted to go to around generations, mm-hmm. around emotions that come up with food, yeah. and I love that that's part of the tracking in the in the mm-hmm.
1: book. But and there. yeah, like we were talking before we got on here, I think that that's that's part of the reason I think we wanted to talk to you about yeah. this. Yeah, because you know we have been
0: we need help <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we need help but i think we're also trying to be aware of mm-hmm. how much diet culture perpetuates these larger structures yeah. of oppression and and does not take into consideration these other things right it's like yeah. here's the prescription here's the calories you need to eat here's how much you need to work out without recognizing that like you want me to go to a gym and work out in front of people mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I don't even feel good in my body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, or you expect me to, mm-hmm. um, I I remember seeing things like beans is always a really interesting thing. Cause people will mm-hmm. say that beans cause like gut issues. Yeah. Beans have never done that. At least pinto beans have never for created gut issues for me. Yeah. It's more like cheese and dairy and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so it's always weird. I'm like, you can't ask me to give up mm-hmm. beings yes. that feed me. me so much more emotionally than <laughs> yeah. the benefit is way more than the risk ever is. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of times not consideration for emotional things, cultural things. Yes um generational things you know childhood trauma you know (laughs) there's just so much because
0: the voice of diet culture it might be in media messages that we receive every day but it's also coming through our parents
1: Mm. right
2: they are the voice of diet culture for Mm. us especially when we're kids right yeah
1: Mm. but yeah
2: look at statistics from some of like dieting you'll see that when you have a parent who was on a diet like frequently or very often their children will normalize it and often see like okay diets are cool or not cool like that's a trendy thing but like acceptable
0: mm-hmm. and so
2: they'll they're raised at that mentality and so it just it speaks through but like you're right there's also Recognizing the cultural aspects and the generational or things like when you said beans, like I instantly brought back to like coming home after school and sometimes I'd go to my grandma's house and she'd have beans on the stove and make me a bean and cheese burrito. And mm, special mm. to me.
0: That sounds lovely.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Or my grand my other grandma would make these amazing cakes and she would always have a leftover whipped cream in the fridge that she made herself and would have jello and I would eat the jello with the whipped cream and it was just amazing. So e- Mm-hmm. It, again, like food, you know, is so much more, so much more than nutrients and, and diet culture doesn't take into account those things. It doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't take into account your preferences, what you like, what you mm-hmm. love. It. What okay.
1: you have emotional attachments to, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And even yeah. if, so one thing that's, that's, mm-hmm. I've noticed since I've had kids and even when I was pregnant, I would get a lot of um like acid reflux when I mm-hmm. ate salsa mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean salsa is just
0: so a normal
1: part of my life roll. yeah and
0: your mom's salsa is <laughs> and amazing my it really and so it's it's
1: it was yeah. I it's gotten better where I can eat it but I definitely there's a point where I'm like nope I can't have any more mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'll be like okay am I willing to kind of
2: yeah. Deal with it.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a salsa hangover. <laughs> it is. I mean, it, and then it comes at night. I'll wake up and I'll have this like, oh. or I can't eat anything else after, or, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's- I've had to kind of make more conscious decisions around that. But it is. So So even in that way, like, um, I think it's like, it, it, it was something that I recognized and not somebody, like if somebody had said, well, then just don't eat salsa, I'd have been like, no.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And and, and that's it. Rather than somebody saying like you said, well, maybe reintroduce it and then yeah. see Learn. what your
2: limit. That's a totally different mm-hmm. approach than mm-hmm. saying, well, just don't eat it. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think what many people don't realize, especially like every person on social media who says they're like a nutritionist or whatever, um, <laughs> <laughs> which it could be a whole other topic. Posting before and after <laughs> picture, right? Uh, Is when someone tells you no, don't eat this and you grew up with that, what they're really saying is like, they're really taking like an integral part of you away. It's not the food, it's like your personal identity and recognizing that food does play a role with our identity. It's not like smoking where you don't have to smoke to live, but you gotta eat to live. And eating and food is also part of who you are as a person. Mm-hmm, 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 so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's why it's food is such a tricky place sometimes to work in because you're dealing more with just nutrients you're dealing with with the whole person really
1: mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. yeah i know whenever
0: people are like i i can't eat like garlic and onions and i was like i, I don't know how you live <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah, yeah no I, and i and i think you know, coming back to how much all of that is so normalized, yes. right? It's so, and, and like you said, Christina, how much it's, it's not even, because when we grew up, there wasn't social media. So it's not like we were scrolling through social media and seeing yeah. all these weird things. It was coming directly from our parents, right? Or people yeah. in our family who yeah. were, um, I mean, in, oh God, this is a whole thing. But in my family, like weight was a huge thing Mm -hmm. where in that if there were people in my family who were quote-unquote overweight they were it was viewed as um they were doing something wrong or Mm -hmm. you know maybe they didn't have enough willpower or you know things like that
0: (laughs) straight up they're just not
1: healthy yeah Right? Mm, like they're yeah. not healthy. And I'm like it's like fat shaming, but totally like totally yeah, fat shaming. And now I look mm-hmm. like, but were you healthy? Like <laughs> yeah. or or putting so much yeah. effort even on physical health without Totally. And meanwhile, anxiety and stress is yeah. such a, a generational thing mm-hmm. that gets passed on, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh we're ooh. and like I think you kind of mentioned it, it uh, because they they um you know, my mom and a lot of her family, like, they were able to stay thin. Yeah. It allowed them to put off this perception of health and not deal with, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. mental health is a big thing in my mm-hmm. family that nobody wants to mm-hmm. address because mm-hmm. while you look cute and you look yeah. healthy, mm-hmm. so, so you must be. You must be. Yeah. And if you're dealing with things, then mm-hmm. that's... Um, it just isn't, right? Like it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we can... We can we can ignore other issues because mm-hmm. there's this perception of what health.
2: Is. that thinness is like the ideal. And if you're yes. thin you are you're healthy and, and you're doing all the right healthy. You're doing all the right things. Yeah. When I, think I
0: still believe that sometimes. I mean, it's there. Oh, for it's sure. It's just like, yeah, right? that's a hard one. Being back in Whittier, not wanting to like see old people. Like, oh, but, like God, yeah. you know,
1: my 20 year reunions coming up. this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, my it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot of stuff, but, but it, it, I mean, Yeah, I think that's to me that's such um, that's the power in in I think the work that you're doing is to say Mm -hmm. like let's take a much broader look at this than just Mm -hmm. this micro like let's look at you know what you're eating. It's like
2: how does that make you feel? Right, it is a much
1: more holistic approach.
2: Yeah, it, it is. And I, and, and kind of like the, the weight thing. And I, it kind of brought up an idea of, to me, is like, when people want to lose weight, it's not the weight that they really want. It's what that represents to them. Mm -hmm. And that's what Mm -hmm. I want to get at. And you don't, there's no, I mean, like people find out like, cause if I know people can't see me, but like, I'm relatively thin but, and people would think like, I'm doing all the right things, especially because like, <laughs> you know, a dietitian. but what they don't know is, you know, like I have high blood sugar and people mm-hmm. would just assume like, oh, because you're thin, you don't have high blood sugar. But if someone were to see me and I would, or if I was in a larger body and I said, I had high blood sugar,
1: they'd be like, they, oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I get that you know, I mean, that's what, that's what you get. You know, yeah, too. That's Stuff what like, you get. Judge it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh God.
0: I definitely grew up in a home that diet, diet was just a part of it. Like mm-hmm. um, both my mom and my dad and my dad was a gym guy and I grew mm-hmm. up going to the gym with him. And um, I remember not having, feeling like I had access to the fridge. Like the fridge was a place I shouldn't go that mm-hmm. like meals should be portioned out to me, mm-hmm. you know, in certain things. Mm-hmm. I definitely grew up having shakes, those, Shakley, is that what it? Is? Mm-hmm. And like like these chocolate, like like nude chemical nutri- shakes. Nutri- <laughs> nutri-
1: something. Oh yeah, new, new.
0: those oh, were yeah, the Shakely's new, are one, like the nutrisystems a whole system. Yeah, all throughout like high yeah. school. Even my dad did these Kaiser um Oh, I know, yeah. diets, Kaiser- like three day yeah. diets to learn 10 pounds. And I did that a lot with him, mm-hmm. you know, it's like
2: nervous. that I can't believe Kaiser does that. They still oh, do
0: that. No. And it's weird, it's like hot dog half an egg a piece of toast a grapefruit like it's like nothing that my body really loves you (laughs) know
1: yeah yeah oh god I mean it's so interesting because I I was actually pretty thin growing up and so I didn't get it as much as other people in my family Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. who were not and I was I was thin I was athletic yeah um And, but it, and so for me, it wasn't so much like diet, like we weren't trying to lose weight, Mm -hmm. but we were definitely like, I felt like my food was monitored. Mm -hmm. So my mom was very like, we're not going to have any sugar cereals. There's never going to be cookies. Like, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. occasionally there might've been ice cream. Like it was just, Mm -hmm. I just grew up in that house where, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or like you, like it was, you know, my mom would watch exactly what I ate and what yeah. I didn't eat. And so then it made me like, if I went to like, once I got into high school and I was, you know, had some money here and there and I would go to the vending machine mm-hmm. and like buy something I knew my mom would never mm-hmm. let me have. And so it was kind it kind of created this like binge as
0: a theme here relationship <laughs> with
1: food where I was like, Oh, I'm going to eat. Yeah without, without her knowing, Mm -hmm. you know, so that I can enjoy what I want to enjoy without her. Like there was a lot of like sneaking things because I knew that she would, Mm -hmm. you know, that she would judge me or she would say something because, you know, for her to, I think in her mind, you know, and this has come, Mm -hmm. yeah. I've talked about my mom a lot, poor mom, (laughs) but like, Mm -hmm. I I recognize that in her mind weight had to do with value, right? Like how much value you have in society. And she never wanted me to gain too much weight that I didn't feel valued, you know, like I recognize it comes from that place, but it, in my childhood mind, all I could think of was like, fuck, my mom doesn't let me eat anything, (laughs) right, or she doesn't want me, you know, um, to eat too much or yeah. yeah I feel like
0: in my family and I'm trying not to name as much I know it's me. hard I'm like oh my god I feel like there was this binary like you could not eat and mm-hmm. be thin and work out or you mm-hmm. could be like the rest of the family you know like it was like people, people in my family did this people in my family did this you know and coming from like
2: what side do you want to be on
0: what side do you want to be on and yeah. honestly I feel like I passed I succeeded I became anorexic right like I worked out all the time yeah. I was like a you know um and that was succeeding i remember people like being like you look amazing they look great you must be doing great like it yeah. really just played into this like that's what you have succeeded you know um to the point where i think people were like you gotta start eating and i was like well no, no this is succeeding right like handling yeah. willpower that was such a strong word when you said that i was like oh my god i've not heard that in a long time but yeah. that is definitely one of the code words for like yeah control and yeah yeah i don't know if i pooped like (laughs) at all I can't remember (laughs) yeah mm -hmm.
1: yeah no I think and I think to to kind of bring a background to something you had said at the beginning Mm -hmm. where it's like you think um right because growing up I was I was pretty thin um and then so it was like oh well it's okay so if I ever did have digestive issues or whatever it was like well I'm thin Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: it doesn't matter like I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. suck it up Mm -hmm. yeah I'm just mm-hmm. going to deal with it because, yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, this is what I, or like, I mean, I, did, I started gaining weight probably like 17, 18, like, and then mm-hmm. really like into my twenties and it's it's been a journey and, you yeah. know, yeah, but I don't want to get too much into that now, but, um,
0: but we need to have these conversations. Yeah. It's obviously really important. Honestly, I was listening to this podcast and their advertisement was this, um, weight loss thing but no it's a, it's a podcast about people's relationship with food but she starts off with like i gained 20 pounds in college and i mm-hmm. you know i don't have a relationship with her, and i was like this is great but i hate hearing this every time the podcast starts <laughs> <laughs> like i, I actually God. cannot listen to the podcast yeah. anymore because now i just think of you as the one that has like weight loss at the beginning like yeah you know, i'm not yeah
2: yeah how off-putting
0: yeah I know <laughs> I guess yeah. that's what I feel like those noom commercials too yeah I'm just like you can't are trying fucking to...
1: escape those mm, I know they come up on like yeah like I think I was watching you I was watching something on YouTube like prepping for a class and trying to come to find this video and this like noom video yeah. came on yeah. and I was like oh god I don't need to sit with your I like, like, both like I lost 100 pounds
0: oh my god <laughs> It's both like diet culture and the pain in psychology. And then yeah. I think there's this other vein that's like, this is not about losing weight. This is not, I feel is. like they're trying to reach
1: people. <laughs> so I know. That's, that's an important thing. And and I think again, why um, your work is so important because you're pretty straight up, right? Yeah. Like you're like, there's no like this, you're not even trying to say you're, you're <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm the wrong person if yeah. this is what your your yeah. goals and your intentions are. Um, and, and and a lot of people, like I, I follow a lot of like body positivity people and, they, and they've yeah. called out like Noom and other things where mm. they sort of co-opt that mm-hmm. body positivity message mm-hmm. and say, oh, it's about this and this. But, but then at the end of the day, they're still asking you to track your food, your yeah. calories and yeah. to, um, oh, what do they call it? The calorie intake out in, you know, whatever.
2: and, then, and I
0: think there's like colors too or something like red. Green Do you green yellow
2: remember, or something um the curb curbu or whatever i don't know how that app that weight watchers put out for kids oh no yes. i never knew
1: about that yes. they they were offering yeah. a essentially they were offering this app or this program to kids for free <laughs>
0: yeah as
1: a all under the guise of childhood obesity
2: right oh. and um like that stoplight kind of red red food. And yellow. so oh,
1: this brings me back to a point I wanted to make, and maybe I think this will be our last point, but um, that, um, so essentially what Weight Watchers was doing was with this all under the guise of like childhood yeah. obesity and we're trying to give kids a... Um, put them on the right foot yeah. but really yeah. they're building long-term consumers mm-hmm. and depend dependency right and th- that's yeah. your
0: that's a big thing this independent or, or interdependence you know that you're providing mm-hmm. for your you know those people who yeah. turn to you this is dependent so they were essentially
1: at some point they're gonna they're gonna pay for it right yeah. there yeah. when they turn 18 yeah and they can they can pay for the full program or whatever it is and so mm. so you know talking coming back to your point and saying like you could make more money if you <laughs> if you <laughs> emphasized weight loss and it just also speaks to capitalism and yeah. how much um mm-hmm. money is um it's a, it's an industry led by money yeah but that's backed by health industry, like it's so Mm -hmm. complex, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because like you you guys, you all were talking about like Kaiser, right? That's a hospital. That's doctors, right? That are making these prescriptions. So they're backed by these by, si- by
2: science by <laughs> yeah by, by people who you go to to mm-hmm. feel better you know who right. are supposed to be trained to help you
1: without recognizing that um to lose weight to it's an diabetes, industry to like you yes. know all these code words it's an industry like- mm-hmm. you know and that's and i that's what we need to like i wish when um because sometimes yes yeah, certain people i would follow or they would be and i'm like can you just say what you want like you want money like are you (laughs) you want me (laughs) like just tell me straight up what you're trying to like sometimes the inauthenticity Mm -hmm. is is just so insidious Mm -hmm. yeah and Mm -hmm. and and then because diet culture is so normalized people aren't like don't have that like conscious awareness to to recognize when it's insidious yeah and they take they read it as authenticity and yeah
0: insidious is such a good word honestly (laughs) I want to I want to describe it a lot I've been using that one a lot you know
1: I love it Um, Yeah. yeah um anyway
2: anything else we want (laughs) to (laughs) say no it's 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 so true I I think there's just so much buy-in already because Mm -hmm. it's just so prevalent Mm -hmm. that it's such a and I there's a lot of good people out there helping people make the switch, but it's like, how do you get that light bulb moment that no, this isn't right. This isn't certain. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like forever. The question I have is, you know, I work with a lot of people who've already had that light bulb moment, um, Mm -hmm. or they're kind of there, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, how people get that is, I think, interesting to look into. Mm Do you think children
0: already have this, you know, speaking out as moms, Mm -hmm. you know, like, have a sense of I mean I feel like my my child he's like I gotta go poop I'm like okay great let's go you know like he's like yeah. I, I want to eat this you know yeah. okay this yeah. is great we can make this happen you know like have this intuitive or oh they do we are born with this we yeah. are born with our a yeah. mindfulness about yeah, mm-hmm. we're born with mm-hmm. we're born with no stress, right? It, we're born with purpose and, and intention yeah. Yeah. and and maybe co- and confidence,
1: right? And so these are things have been taken mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even thinking about the breastfeeding relationship, like. When you're breastfeeding, sometimes you're you're breastfeeding like 50 times a day. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, they're like every couple hours, right? Yeah. Like, because they they know, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, of course, I it's hard to talk to people. Like you said, yeah. how do we, if people haven't had that like a moment,
2: mm-hmm. how
1: do you meet people where they're at? Yeah. You know, and to say, like, fuck, I call-? like, you know, it's like if people are nowhere mm-hmm. near that. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, and I'll say too, even with my kids, I mean, it's a a reoccurring theme with the Mm -hmm. wounds that I was passed down from my parents. And sometimes I find myself doing the same thing with my kids, you know, like making sure you eat so much or, Mm -hmm. you know, and my husband does that as well. And so I have to, it's really hard in those moments to recognize like, oh, I'm passing this wound on. Yeah. And then to figure out what the alternative is, (laughs) you know, and then, and then I feel guilty like, fuck, my kid's not eating. Mm-hmm. all these eating is junk quote-unquote junk food and and that it's it's a lot it's a lot and so mm-hmm. it's
0: and how do we impact like somehow them not eating is connected to respect for us yeah there's something with our parents about that right mm-hmm. but i do feel like someone told me as a as a parent looking at what my kid eats not looking at the day looking at the miss and miss Anne, <laughs> and i was like that is amazing you know that was a. Yeah. Bro- I was like yeah and maybe I do have an understanding that's two days later three days later but I, I don't put that yeah. to myself but at least I put that in practice of my child I'm like okay, yeah well, today yeah you know. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm really trying to be more aware of how I'm you know like when my kids will eat and Mm-hmm. So, like Cruz is really good at being like I'm full and I'm like okay or and that's the thing it's they're so different and so Santos sometimes will go like I swear he eats nothing mm-hmm. and I'm like what do I do you're not here sure. and so my yeah. husband's anxiety is like you need to eat yeah and I'm like and he'll say I'm not hungry and I'm like mm-hmm. okay fine and then I'm like he didn't eat fucking anything like yeah. you know so it it's like a double-edged sword yeah where he wants to allow them the space to mm-hmm you know, be in, yeah, figure things out. And then the part of the other part of you is like, flick but then you're not eating anything. And then you don't sudden,
2: get you, it. You don't get the consequences, <laughs> not eating. you know? And so it's yeah.
1: like, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 a, tough. it's tough. Yeah. I think what
0: I'm also hearing in this conversation is, you know, having people to talk about this with is imperative, yeah. but we don't really yeah. talk about it. Like I was thinking about your the person in your life who's <laughs> afraid of feeding her, you know, child more. Like, there are Long, Long Beach Breasties or Breastfeed Support Groups, you know, yeah. the Leche League, like, which will, um, if she was a part of them, they would just be like, nope, that's normal. Or yeah. no, maybe not, you yeah. know. But they would, they have that, um, mm-hmm. that space to talk about yeah. feeding mm-hmm. our yeah, kids, you know. For sure. Um, and, I, and
1: I think it gets back to what you were saying, Amanda, about, like, how do you, how do you, how do we get to like how do we talk to people like that yeah. about getting um because there are resources but even to talk to people about those resources and then them being willing to utilize those resources it's all like those are all very different
2: steps totally I, <laughs> i'll even see it sometimes i recently in one of my lectures this past week we we're talking about carbohydrates and um, obviously there's just a lot of fear that has always been around eating carbs. And Mm -hmm. like, if I eat carbs, like I'm going to gain weight. And so I, sometimes I get really impassioned when we get to like the dieting (laughs) aspects of it. And some, I don't know who told me this, and it's always stuck in my head, but this whole concept of cheat days Mm. and like, Oh, you know, um, Sunday's my cheat day and I can eat whatever I want. And I tell them, I'm like, when you're in a relationship with somebody, (gasps) you be like, all right, guys, it's Sunday, like it's my cheat day. <laughs> and then you go and meet someone else and have your fun with them. And then you come no back on way! Monday. <laughs> and then you're like, cool, cool. Like, because diets always start on Monday, right? You're like, okay, it's Monday again. Like, we're back at it together. You and me. <laughs> you don't do that, right? That is such. I really thought you were going to say, yeah feast days
0: totally Mardi Gras celebrate it you know <laughs> no, but then you're, not, you're like
1: no it's like cheating in a relationship no but she's talking about when people are on a diet yeah. and, and they say oh today is the day i don't have to be on the diet yeah. i okay. can cheat yeah. right like yeah. i can cheat on my diet
0: our society is built like that but not with our boyfriends and <laughs> our
1: yeah. right right partners. it would be it would be betrayal
0: yes so i'm like so but that is the world diet and feast yeah. diet so, and feast right
2: that yeah. is yeah. And I think for some people that can be a light bulb moment. Cause what I guess, I, I guess what can be helpful to give people those light bulb moments is like related to other things that they would think would be totally absurd.
1: Mm. No, like
2: if, if you're in that whole idea, like you don't cheat on your relationship once a week. So why should you feel the need to cheat on your diet? If you feel like you need to cheat on your diet, then something's wrong.
1: Something's wrong with that relationship.
2: Something's wrong Whoa. with that relationship. Something's or an open wrong. relationship. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, mean, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: So if you feel the need to, like, mm-hmm. escape because mm-hmm. you've been restricting so much, then what would it be like if you gave yourself unconditional permission to do these things? Oh, my God. I love it. And, and that is so extremely good. hard for people because – diet culture is telling you to do something it gives you such strict parameters that when you are given the power to make those choices yourself you're left scrambling and feeling unsupported and you're like what do i do
0: so i'm just imagining like you know our kitchen our kitchens Mm -hmm. what's in them you know what we Like I, I I think we definitely, I feel like raising a kid, it's like they can eat whatever they want and here's all the things that you can eat. You know, I give, I have a certain amount of limitations, but these are, you can eat as much as you want of all this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I've ever done that for myself. Mm -hmm. Like
2: just Mm -hmm. been like,
0: here's my kitchen. Here's what I want in it. Mm -hmm. Here's all these things that I can eat. Like, and so then I walk in and I say, what do I want? Like, I'm so, I, and one of our points was this toxic relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what are this, you know, the, these steps, like, what's the first step? I think it's meeting with Amanda. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, and and it, it comes back to one of your pillars, which is stress, right? Yeah. That sometimes we're so stressed about what to eat or what not to eat. Yeah. Not realizing that the stress itself is mm-hmm. causing the issue right yeah. <laughs> like
2: yeah. the anxiety um, that can come up
1: yeah it's i i, I saw some lecture one time and they're talking about like the cortisol response mm-hmm. and how cortisol mm-hmm. can is actually what like can have the body holding on to weight yeah. and so sometimes stress is what causes weight yeah. gain more than food ever does right yeah. like if you just ate the pizza mm-hmm. and cupcake with no yeah. guilt without being stressed about it oh your body would digest it and It'd be all good versus yeah. stressing out, and then it like it goes into survival mode, and so it's like mm-hmm. I'm gonna hold on to the. <laughs> that
0: guilt so- is real. It's like in the middle of the night guilt, you know that. I, yeah. I, mm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this has been very. <laughs> this has been. I think it's been very informative to us. I think it's been validating to things that we've been yeah. thinking about. Um, I think it's great to see that there are people out there that are, are, are doing work in nutrition, but that are not invested in these toxic diet culture things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think I, I, my hope always is that that is the direction Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we all go in. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes it is hard. Like when you're you're on a particular journey and then trying to find somebody that is not going to um i have always like like even in trying to yeah like trying to find a therapist i'm like okay mm-hmm. i want to find a therapist oh, that's yeah. not going to
0: mm-hmm.
1: buy into like patriarchal notions of what yeah. a relationship is supposed to be yeah. blah
0: blah blah like i want so hard to find especially <laughs> the th- and then our friend too <laughs> <laughs> right
1: and so it's like, how do you find an nutritionist that's not going to, you know, that's, that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, is going to take all these deeper things into consideration. So I think that's really amazing about the work that you do. And I'm so glad that, I'm so glad that you're doing it.
0: <laughs> I agree. You know, I've, we've been talking a lot about how um, food relationship is a feminist, like a, you know, a decolonial issue that we need to really, that we want to address. Um, and I don't know if you have expanded my sense of that in this conversation. I feel Mm -hmm. like I have um, just uh, some tools and also um, some language around it. And I just, I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah.
2: Thank you. That was really fun to talk to you guys. (laughs) So
1: So, um, maybe any last words you have or how people can get in contact with you Mm -hmm. and work with you.
2: Yeah. Um, If, this speaks to you. I think if you're like, okay, what do I do? I like, I want to do something. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think doing that food diary can be really helpful. You know, mm-hmm. starting to kind of record what you're eating, how you're feeling before your meal. Like, just Google hunger fullness skill, I think can be really helpful for people to get familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps you, you can like rate your hunger before, rate your satisfaction and your fullness after, because satisfaction and fullness can be two other. Two separate things. Just because mm-hmm. you're full doesn't mean you're satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that can be really mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. That's what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a free food diary. So if ever someone ever wants one, they can just DM me and I'll send it to them. Awesome. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a link I have, um, I kind of, I'm actually going to be doing a free class on it soon because so many people have been asking. So I need to, that's like on my agenda. Of awesome. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I could do a class on that. But I think if someone's like, okay, I want to do something now, like what do I do? Like, is this is really speaking to me. I think doing a food diary, just Google hunger fullness scale. Hunger start to fullness scale. Yeah. Could
1: you... Would it be possible if you send it to us and we can put the link to that food oh, yeah. diary in the show notes? Sure.
2: Totally. Yeah. Okay, oh, cool. That'd be a great. Gift. What yeah. a great gift. That'd be yeah. amazing. Thank you. I'll do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the other resource if people are really into like more mindful and intuitive eating is to get the book intuitive eating. Mm. <laughs> book Written by Evelyn Tripoli and Elise Reich. I, oh my God. I feel like I'm, I might be butchering her name. Um,
1: i'll find right. it and i'll put it i'll put a link to yeah, that in the show notes as well
2: that, that i that was w- like the first certification that i did after becoming a dietitian mm. was to be mm. certified intuitive eating um dietitian when you
0: actually ask intuitive yeah. eating i when you said that i imagined i went to this um silent retreat and when we ate we had to like uh-huh s- like eat something and you know like five times and
2: breathe into mm-hmm. it no one was talking is that intuitive yeah. eating that or is, is this- a really good mindful eating exercise Okay. Um, I actually do that in my class. So it is a form of intuitive eating. It's like tuning into the whole sensory experience. Mm-hmm. So there is an activity that you can do that I actually do with my class. Um, and they're like, is this nutrition? And I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, you just Google it. It's like, usually it's traditionally done with raisins. So if you Google like raisin mindful eating activity, um, there's different things that will pop up. And you, you have like a box of raisins it's, or any food you can do with anything. And I tell students, okay, eating is going to be the very last thing we do. You're going to smell the food. You're going like, to like, touch you're, it. You're going to touch it. Pretend you came from Mars and you had to describe what this food looks like to somebody who mm. had no idea what this was wow. and really like start to pay attention. Not to say this is how you're supposed to eat before everything, like, oh. <laughs> but like, like wine tasting. <laughs> Just, like, really, really kind of tuning back in. And and you can do that at any point. Kind of when you said wine tasting, this brings up kind of a funny story. Uh, I went on a wine tasting tour with two of my friends, and I don't even enjoy wine. But, like, it was, like, the experience, you know. <laughs> right, of course. Um, and we were in uh, Napa or whatever. I forget Ooh! Napa. And so we were on this bus and and before we got on the bus, they had bought their wine, a uh, couple bottles of wine and I stopped at a chocolate store to buy some chocolates and what did I, I didn't even see them because I was so freaking focused on this chocolate that looked amazing and smelled <laughs> that I didn't see my friends pouring wine into like their water bottles so that they could take it with them out to go. <laughs> Like that's how passionate I am about food and how passionate I want all my people to be like just so Mm. so in tune and involved with what they're doing and just finding enjoyment with it so that mindful eating activity I think is really helpful the food diary is really helpful that book is really helpful uh some great resources and then obviously you guys can um find me on Instagram. I post a lot of things there, mm-hmm. health.nutritionist. And if you ever have ideas on things you want to post, like, please just always DM me because <laughs> <laughs> can use the help.
0: <laughs> ideas. Um,
2: yeah. I could always use help with ideas. Mm-hmm. And, um, or, um, I have a new website that's coming out. That's been the big project that Woo. I've been working on and I'll have more about this mindful gut method. I'm actually, Developing a group class on it, um, mm-hmm. where we're going to dive into each of the pillars. So that's going to be up and coming soon. Mm-hmm. If you're interested. Yeah, it's, I mean it's it's the huge thing that I've been hinting at so I don't know when this gonna <laughs> be released so it'll well,
1: I don't know when this episode is going to be released yeah. so just whenever it comes up you can whenever send it, to it comes me up and if, it's, if it coincides yeah. we can put it in there yeah
2: just just, just go to my website Com, and you'll find it um if it's it'll there, be like a group there. class a series yeah so I'm thinking of doing it it's like it. a support group I love it yeah, that's i like so a place where people can talk. I was gonna hold like live office hours where people can ask me questions each week, mm. and then I'm gonna send out information. And oh my god, the other two pieces of this is I'm gonna <laughs> be working with a therapist, therapist and a yoga therapist. So um, kind of this mind body heart approach that I want to take.
1: Uh-huh. So the
2: therapist is gonna make weekly meditations, and that is gonna be included. And the yoga therapist is going to take more of that like body part of it. And uh-huh. can- some really fun um, stress reducing, anxiety helping yoga flows that anybody can do, even if you're like never even done yoga at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. The nutrition piece, you're going to get this meditation piece, and you're going to get this body movement piece. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that's like the huge thing that I've been working on right now. Um, so, mm-hmm. depending on when you hear this, it might be a preview. Otherwise, it might be already in existence, which yeah. mm-hmm. is so cool. <laughs> like. Yeah. Okay it um but yeah i
0: love how excited you are it's so beautiful i love this relationship you have with yourself and and you know passing on that self-trust that self-love like to yeah. other people yeah i feel really affirmed in this conversation yeah. it's so great thank you yeah
1: thank you so much for being here for talking yeah. with us and um yeah
0: yeah